When the markets correct, like they have been so far in 2022, there's not a point where we're gonna know with 100% certainty whether they've dropped out or not, whether we can actually identify the bottom. But there are clues that we can look at. And since August, I've been tracking these six different indicators that kind of give us some idea, it gives us some insight to help us make better investing decisions. What they've shown me so far since August the 15th is the answer is no, we have not seen the bottom yet. Now, what I'm gonna do is update the series. Where are we today? I'm also going to add one more indicator to sort of put another arrow in the quiver, um, if you will, to help us be investments. Now, since the last update, which was in September, the markets, as you can see by this chart here, have been on the increase. Every major North American market, with the exception of the NASDAQ, has increased, with the leader being the Dow Jones Industrial Averages, up about 12%. We can look at the year-to-date chart. Now, back in June, a lot of people were sort of surmising that we had seen the bottom at that point, but clearly we had a little bit of a recovery. The markets hit new lows beyond that. The question is, have we seen the worst of it? Have we now seen the market bottom? Quick reminder, nobody of course really knows. There are people who spend their lives basically assessing this type of thing and no one can tell, like I said, again, with that 100% accuracy, there are a lot of smart people looking at this. There are people who think they're smart looking at this. We never really know, but there are clues, there are signs, and we can use these to take matters into our own hands and manage our portfolios better and to take advantage when the markets do see these declines. Now, we never ever rely on a single chart. We have banned confirmation bias from this channel. You always take pieces of information, look at a convergence of the information. For this video today, I wanna to start with the yield curve, or more accurately, the inversion of the yield curve. In this series, we've been using two yield curves, the 10-year, two-year, and on the urging of one of our viewers, I've actually added the 10-year, three-month, which he suggested was a more accurate way of indicating whether this inversion of a yield curve would indicate whether we're going into a recession or not. Remember now that the inversion of a yield curve is a leading indicator. On average, it's somewhere in the range of 18 months of a lead time that you get from when the curve actually inverts to when we see the markets actually bottom out. So we do have some time to work with here. Just as an example, when we look back at the great financial crisis, we see that the yield curve, the 10-2, actually went negative in December of 2005 and stayed that way through till May of 07. The market didn't actually bottom out until March of 09. So about 22 months later before we saw the inversion, and then the actual bottoming of the market. Just a quick note here, if you are new to this series, and this is the first of the three that I've done so far that you've seen, I will put a link right up here that you can go back and watch the playlist for the first couple. In those earlier videos, I went into a little bit more detail on each of these metrics, each of the indicators, so that might benefit you to go ahead and have a look at those before you watch this. Now, in September, when we last looked at this yield curve issue here, we see that the 10-2 had actually inverted back earlier in the year, and yet the 10-year three-month was still in positive territory. It was skirting along just mildly positive, but in fact, it had not inverted. Now, when we update that to today, both of those indicators have now gone into negative territory. The 10-2 more so, but the 10-year three-month just slightly into negative territory. In this case, when I look at these two yield curves now in, in um, negative territory, when I think of history and use it as a guide here, it looks to me like, have we hit the market bottom yet? The answer is clearly no. To me, there's more pain yet to come. We'll see how that plays out. Now I wanna move on to the second indicator, which is moving averages. And specifically, I'm looking now at the 200 day moving average. Quick refresher, in a bull market, the index will move above the 200 day moving average. And we look back from about 06 to late in 2007, we'll see in that bull market, the blue line, which is the S&P 500, 
did move above the orange line, which is the 200-day moving average. Once the market started to drop and broke beneath that 200-day moving average, you're now going to see a period of time where they traded below that orange line up until the point March of 2009 when they reversed that trend, eventually caught up to the average, and since that time resumed its normal trading pattern of trading above the 200-day moving average as it came out and made a recovery. Now, where are we today? Well, we're still trading below that 200-day moving average. We can see in August that we crossed above the average just briefly, but it didn't hold. I'm gonna say in this case, the results again are mixed. There's nothing clearly that indicates to me that, we, that we've broken above. Well, we clearly haven't broken above. Even once we do, I wanna see some sustenance. I wanna see that sustained for a period of time before I have confidence that this indicator has shown that we're on the next, uh, you know, the next bull run. So uh, number two, I would say the answer to this, uh, you know, have we seen the bottom? It's indicating to me that the answer is no. In our investing academy, one of the things that our students say all the time is that the discord that we have, where they can contribute to conversations, they can ask questions, the students, the, the instructors can sort of share thoughts uh, with each other in that community. That's one of the most valuable aspects of that community. Now, if you haven't heard of the app Blossom Social, this actually takes this whole concept of community and investing to a brand new level. When you share your portfolio information in Blossom, it's actually verified. When you link your account, and you can see here all of the different investment dealers you can link to today, not only are your winners showing, but also your losers are showing. And we all know in social media, it's very popular to talk about all your gains, but of course, you know, sweep the, uh, the negative results uh, under the rug. Whereas in an environment like Blossom Social, all of that is linked directly and updated automatically from the various companies that you deal with. Um, so those results are verified. That's really important. If you would like to get more information on Blossom, and I would urge you to at least check it out, it's free to join. I will put a link in the description below. Or also, Brandon did a, a video which goes into much more detail on what the platform Blossom has to offer. I will put a link for that in the video right here. Now, the third measure that we've used is the volatility index or VIX. The long-term average of the VIX is around 20. Now, the first video I did in this series, the VIX was trading at the time at 19 and a half. So right in line with the long-term average. So where are we at today? The VIX currently is trading at 25 and a half, roughly. We can see that over the last year, it's gone up sort of to the 35 range, occasionally traded below 20 when people are feeling more comfortable, but it's traded in quite a narrow band. So when we're using this metric to measure, have we seen the worst of the worst yet? Well, let's just look back over history. And if we look back to the great financial crisis, if we look back more recently to COVID, we can see that that VIX hit levels around 80 on both of those occasions. The right side of the chart shows where we're at today, clearly at a much more conservative level. So um, when I use this as one of those indicators, to me, it's a hard no. There is nothing to suggest when I use this indicator that we've seen the worst, or in fact, that we're anywhere even near the worst. We really need to see that sharp spike up to, to give me more confidence that if we're using the VIX as an indicator, um, it's gonna give us some more, some more meat on the bones to make that assessment. The fourth metric that we're tracking in this series is continuing jobless claims. And this is a US measurement that tracks when people apply for EI, as we would call it here in Canada. The key to this metric is that new applications, the number of new applications will fall for the first time since the bear market began. And if we look at an example back in 2007, 2008 time, you'll notice the orange line, which is the jobless claims spiked up, of course, as we went into that deep recession, peaked out coincidentally right around the same time as the markets dropped. So there's that sort of, you can see that turning point 
when you look at that type of a metric compared to the actual stock market itself. When I look at a current chart here, I see exactly opposite of what we're looking for. We see recently a slight incline in the number of jobless claims. What we're looking forward to see is a drop, a significant noticeable drop in that orange line before we can you know, conclude that this in fact is indicating that we've seen the worst of the market yet. The result uh, in this case, I would say, is not yet. We haven't seen, uh, this is not indicating to us that we've seen the bottom of the market. The fifth measurement that we've used in this series so far is what's called the TED spread. Now, the way this works is that spread, it measures the, the difference between a Euro dollar futures contract and the three month treasury bill. And that spread in a rough economic environment will spike up. When it contracts, that generally speaking, or, or narrows, I guess is the term I would use here, it will narrow usually before the market actually bottoms out. And if we use an example, we look back over the 2008 time period again, because it, it gives us so many good examples. The orange line is that 10 spread, and we see that peaking out a few months before the markets, in fact, have bottomed out. When I look at where we're at today, pretty much since April, that has traded in a very narrow band. So I don't see anything um, in this case, if we think again, we wanna see that those spreads really narrow dramatically, indicating that we might be through the worst of it. I don't see that yet. My verdict for this is that we have not seen a bottom yet, again, using this TED spread um, as the indicator. Let's look now at the sixth indicator that we've had as part of the series. It is the Baltic Dry Index, or BDI as it's known. What this measures is global demand for things like commodities, raw materials, and it decreases when the economy is in a slump and it increases when the economy is growing. And obviously that kind of makes more sense. Uh, you know, more demand for products as the economies are growing, this, this will track that. The key here is that the BDI will go up before the market finds a bottom. That's really what we're looking for here. When we look back at the great financial crisis, we can see late 2008, just as we were getting deep, deep, deep into the recession, we saw that BDI metric bottom out, followed a short time later by the actual bottoming of the market. And it kind of makes sense that if we see that pickup in the shipments of raw material, of commodities, that is usually a pretty good darn sign that the, that the markets or the economies are recovering. In September, when we looked at this measurement, we saw some possible positive signs. And I was kind of waffling a little bit on what this was telling us. If we look at that, we'll see that we had seen since early September an increase, a pretty significant increase in the level of that BDI. Well, that's been smacked down to earth. When we look at it today, we can see that that was short-lived. It's trading back down again to a lower level. And when we've looked at this metric over the course of this series, I think it's fair to say that this has been giving us mixed signals. It's been conflicting or you know maybe even confusing. Um, certainly today it isn't clear with all this waffling back up and down. I'm going to say uh, my answer is no, we have not seen the bottom of the market if in fact we're using BDI. So let's just sort of put those all together. Let's uh, sort of do a summary of those six metrics. If we look at the yield curve, um, no, it's not telling us that. The moving average is mixed a little bit. So not for sure, but you know it's not telling us anything really bad. The VIX, no. Uh, jobless claims where it was a no. Uh, the TED spread was a no. And the um, Baltic Dry Index was a no as well. So we have five no's, one mixed. And like the previous three video or previous two videos, uh, we have zero yeses. Now I did say that I would add a new metric 
uh, to share with you today. And this is what's called the Manufacturing PMI. It is a monthly number that is put up by the Institute for Supply Management. And if we use this chart to sort of demonstrate how this metric works, the red dotted line across the middle of the chart is 50. And that would indicate equilibrium where the manufacturing segment of the economy isn't expanding, nor is it contracting. Now, if we see that line, in this case, it's the blue line trading above that red line, that means that the economy, the, the manufacturing sector of the economy is in fact increasing. If we see it trade below that red line, that means that it is contracting. And it means the starkest example here is when COVID hit, we can see that sharp spike down where we saw everything practically across the board decline or contract. I wanna zoom in on a one year number and just get a better sense of what this PMI is telling us today. So when I look at this chart, we can see the year to date, every time, every month, that number has been above 50. So that's an indicator that manufacturing has been in fact expanding. We see that in April, so reported May 2nd, that peaked out at 59 and that has been on a steady decline. Now just, I wanna reiterate, make sure we understand this number. Even though we've seen that line come down, that's still indicating that this is expansion. It's just saying as the number comes down, it's expanding less than it was in the previous month. Now, the most recent report was just about a week ago, reports for October, we can see that the PMI is now at 50.2. So just very, very slightly in that, uh, in that expansion phase. But as we can see from this trading economics report, it's still pointed to the lowest growth in factory activity since the sector contracted in the second quarter of 2020. So what does this mean? Like how can we take this piece of information and apply it to our portfolio management? Well, if that number is dropping, and in fact, it, it was briefly below 50 before it was revised back up to 50.2, uh, if the economy is contracting, if we're in a recession, we're not gonna see stock markets growing. We're going to see quite the opposite. That's just the way it works. Uh, stock markets are forward looking. And so we want to see positive uh, future in, in this manufacturing. So when I look at this manufacturing PMI, um, it's telling me right now it's that it's not positive. It's not pointing in the right direction. We've seen that decline. It is another, like I mentioned, it's another tool that you can use when you're doing your assessments um, here. But when I assess and I look at the sixth and now the seventh indicator, uh, given all of this, I would say I'm not very enthusiastic about the market recovering right now. Bloomberg, in fact, recently, earlier this month, said that there is a 100% probability that we will in fact be in a recession in October of 2023. It is important that we structure our lives and our portfolios so that we can survive when that does in fact happen, if we believe Bloomberg in this case here. Uh, I did create a video for that recently. I'll put a link to it right here. I would urge you to watch that to make sure that you're prepared when we do hit those recessionary times. There will be a link for our Investing Academy in the description below. Thank you very much for watching and we'll see you in the next video.